Hi there, I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. Let's get started. So we're going to talk today about shaming men. And I've been doing a really great email series, which I highly recommend If you are not on my list, go to lisashield.com and join my list because I've been writing about um, some of the different ways that we sabotage relationships with men. So these are not just emails that I send out, you know, only to engage my audience or for sales purposes. These emails are really meant to help educate all of you and help you really learn about what you're doing that isn't working, right? If you are chronically single or you're in one difficult relationship after another, then there's something that you're doing that isn't working. And I'm not saying that you're doing that you're wrong or you're flawed, but if you are constantly not having successful relationships, you're the common denominator in all of that. I am never telling women that it's all us that we're the ones that have to make all the changes, that we're flawed and men are perfect. Some people who listen to my, you know, read my Instagram posts or they read my messages, they come back at me thinking that I'm blaming women. I am not blaming women. I used to coach men for years, many, many, many years. I coached couples, I coached women. And this is what I'll tell you. When I worked with men, I helped men look at what they could do to make us happy. I worked with men and I showed them the things that they didn't understand about us so that they could have more effective relationships with women. In the same way, now that I primarily coach women, I do a 12-week amazing (laughs) love coaching course and... um, You know, I work with women who want to find love, but it's important that you understand I'm not just targeting women and saying we're at fault. Our most powerful tool in all of this is to change ourselves because the one thing that we have power to change is us, right? You can only change you. You can't change men. You can't make the dating websites be different than they are. The most empowering thing is to know that we have the power to change and that when we change, it affects everything out there. And that is your most powerful weapon because when you're dating, as you start to learn about men and women and, you know, what men want from us beyond sex, because sex is not the only thing that men want from us. They want safe, loving, gentle women who they can let their guard down with and create an emotional connection. So what happens is men have no one to talk to, no one to open up to. And the last person they're going to open up to is other men. They don't want other men to see that they're weak. And so men don't talk to other men. They only talk to women. 
How many of you knew that? Men do not open up and share emotionally with other men. They can't. They don't want other men to see them as weak. And when they share their emotions, when they talk about not having it all together, other men perceive them as being weak. It's so important to understand all of these ideas that we make up about men and who they are and what they want from us. You know, men are sensitive and they're shut down because all the messages that they get as kids are, don't don't cry, you know, big boys don't cry, suck it up, be a man, act like a man. And so men are not able to open up. The only person they can open up to is a woman. I was reading a phenomenal book. I haven't read the whole book, so I don't want to recommend it yet because I just started reading it and I really love it, but I'm not going to recommend it um, unless, you know, until I read it and I vet it. But in this book, the author talks about how she and another therapist went and they set up tables outside and they put up a sign and they just said free advice. And they had, you know, each one of them had a station and a chair and the guys came and sat down and they asked them all kinds of questions. And the author said that she went into it assuming that these men, that the number one thing, when she asked what their biggest issue was, she thought the answer was going to be understanding women. What the men said was the pressure they feel from other men. That was their biggest concern. Not other women, not understanding women, us, but the pressure that they feel from other men to be macho, to be cool, to have it all together, to look like they've got a cool job, to have the hottest woman. Um, so Justin says, we have a wonderful man in our midst. Justin, thank you for what a beautiful daughter. Sometimes men are in demanding roles where they're required to be tough for everyone else. They want a space where they can be vulnerable. Thank you for sharing this and not be required to know all the answers. Exactly. Exactly. But when they're at work and when they're around other men, they always feel that there's competition and they can't let their guard down. So what I wanted to talk about today, and Justin, if you're still if you're still on the call, you know, I love having men on here and I love when you all weigh in and give your perspectives. So if you want to feel free to. What I want to talk to talk to everyone about today, the theme of today's talk is on how women shame men. And this is something all women do. All women do this. And we do it without knowing it. We do it inadvertently. And it's because we really do not understand how sensitive men are and how much they want to please us and be our heroes. All a man wants to do when he's in love with you is make you happy and be your hero. He wants to cherish you and adore you. Now, I know there are men out there, a lot of you could say, yeah, well, my guy doesn't do this, or I'm with a guy and he's not committing and he's not showing up. 
And I know that that happens, right? I know that there are lots of guys. I'm not talking about those men. I'm talking about the men who really are into you and want to impress you. The men that really are attracted to you, those men want to impress you and make you happy and they want to be your hero. And what happens is they disappoint us. They don't meet our our needs. They let us down. They don't show up. And somehow maybe they fall asleep like one of my clients, guys did. He uh, was having pizza with his daughter. He had a Zoom date scheduled with my with one of my clients and he fell asleep. And instead of, because she's in my course, instead of her reading him the riot act, which she would have done, her anxiety, you know, about putting herself out there and him not showing up and her feeling like she's investing more than he is and all of these things that we tell ourselves, she would have come down hard on him. And instead, you know, she was so sweet with him. And she just said, yeah, I get it. That can happen. And he was so happy to hear how kind she was. She didn't shame him. She didn't make him feel like he um, disappointed her or let her down. He really, he must have been, he was, Dina. He was mortified, but he didn't even remember when they talked the following day. She kind of just jokingly said, I don't know if I got it wrong or not, but I thought we had a Zoom call scheduled last night. And then it jogged his memory and he said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep. I was having pizza with my daughter and I fell asleep. I'm so sorry. And she said, oh, it's okay. Those things happen. Now, a lot of women would think that, you know, she was letting him off the hook or, um, she wasn't speaking up for herself or that she's going to get walked over. Look, it was the first time it happened. They've been having a wonderful time getting to know each other. And she just set the precedent, the tone, very possibly for the rest of the relationship. This man can feel safe with her. He can be human. He can make a mistake. And he knows that she's not going to shame him. She's not going to beat him up and give him a lecture and tell him how she was sitting there waiting and he didn't call. And, you know, she could have done other things with her time. And she wants a guy who she knows is going to show up when he says he will. No, she just had some grace and she gave him some space. She let him know that he'd missed the call, but she let it go. And it was beautiful. Emily says, I have become aware of small things I say or do that are shameful, even little statements that they can laugh at. Yeah, can be hurtful when I think about it. I'm trying to be much more thoughtful in my interactions. Emily, that's beautiful, beautiful. Men, especially in the beginning when they're getting to know us, they are walking on eggshells. They've been taken to task so many times by so many different women that they're just waiting to slip up and have you read them the riot act. So if you can be the kind of woman who can know how not to shame a man, how to have a little grace, how to take a deep breath before you, you know, share with them. 
but how to empower and uplift a man rather than tearing him down. A lot of women get a certain amount of, uh, of they feel empowered when they beat a man down, you know, and I don't say that in a mean way, but when they can take a man to task or lecture him or come down hard on him, it gives them a little feeling of power over that guy. You don't want to feel like you have power over your guy. You want your guy to feel safe with you. You want your guy to feel like he can come to you and that he can be human and that you understand male-female differences and that you can meet him in the middle somewhere. So there's a lot that goes into this, you know, shaming with men. It runs very, very, very deep, very deep. One of the biggest ways we shame men is when we talk about our relationships. This is a big one. I just did a whole thing in one of my groups about this. It's a really, really, really big deal. Does anybody know when you say to a man, we need to talk, does anybody have any idea what the man hears? And Rebecca, if you're on the call, no fair share. <laughs> or Cassie, does anybody know what a man hears when, when a woman says to him, you know, we need to talk? Have you all had the experience when you say that to a man that he seems, yeah, Lisa, like he did something wrong, like he's in the doghouse. He's going to get a lecture or you're going to tell him how he disappointed you and let you down and what he can do to make it better. Anytime you do that, it's going to go the wrong way. Anytime. In fact, if you were to ask men, they would prefer never to ever have to talk about the relationship. Yep, Lenny says he's in deep shit. <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Patty said no, oh no, here it comes. Exactly. They know, they're waiting for a lecture. They're waiting for you to shame them. They're, you're going to tell him somehow what he did wrong, how he disappointed you, and what he can do to make it better. The problem is, all that does is shame him. And so what a man is going to do is, he's going to pull away, he's going to shut down, he's not going to want to talk about it. What he does inside of his own mind is, he's basically trying to navigate his own shame. What happens when a man feels shame? Yep, then his guard is up. So what happens internally when human beings feel shame is that they are flooded with the stress hormone cortisol. Their whole body gets flooded with cortisol. Cortisol is flooded into the body when we feel that there's danger. And so what happens is He's trying so hard just to manage the feelings that are coming up and the shame that he can't even communicate with you. He can't. He literally can't. In fact, John Gottman says that when a couple fights and their cortisol levels shoot up, they actually have to take a break. They have to take a break for at least 30 minutes 
all the way up to two hours so that that cortisol can leave their system and they can actually get back to being able to use their rational brain, their prefrontal cortex. It gets completely cut off when it gets flooded with cortisol. So they can't think rationally. Your, pre, your, your prefrontal cortex, listen to me being all scientific tonight, but your prefrontal cortex is, is where the logical thinking happens and somebody cannot process something and think rationally when their body is flooded with cortisol. So when a woman says to a man, we need to talk, and then she wants to take him to task for what he did wrong, he literally cannot formulate logical thoughts to communicate with her. So what do you do? Um, yeah, Jack. Hey, Jack, it's great to see you. It's been a long time, honey. It's really nice to see you on the call. Um, yeah, when you start to feel shame, you have to step back. You have to. You know, you're completely disempowered. It's emasculating for a man. He feels totally disempowered. And that's not what we are women are trying to do, but that's what's happening for the man. All that's going on for him is that he doesn't feel like your hero. He feels like he let you down. You're disappointed in him and he's lost your respect. And these are all the things you do not want a man to feel with you. Not if you want him to feel safe. Not if you want him to open up and get emotionally naked and share his innermost thoughts and feelings, which is what we as women are always longing for. But it can only take one of these little moments of shaming a man that can completely send him in the wrong direction. So Diana says you have to start with let's talk, but you're not in trouble. <laughs> I want to share something important. Um, Yes. And um, the very best thing of all, Diana, is not to even have talks about the relationship. And I know that sounds foreign to a lot of you because you want to know what your guy's feeling and thinking and you want him to open up to you. And I'm not saying he never will. But what I am saying is that men do not want to sit and talk about the relationship because all they hear is, this is what you did wrong. This is how you disappointed me. This is how you failed me. That's all they hear anytime you want to talk about the relationship or how to improve it. Emily says, we need to talk. You did X and it made me feel amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you want to start to talk about the positive things that a man did. You want to emphasize the good things, the things you love, the things that you want him to do more of and not focus on the negative things, the thing, how he let you down. Instead of using that phrase, which do we want to use? <clears throat> so again, Maria, talking about the relationship 99.9% .9 of the time is just going to give you the wrong, um, it's, it's not going to work. So what Jack said is true, constructive feedback. You want to tell a man what he's doing right. 
You want to give him positive feedback. You want to empower him. You want to tell him what he's doing, how, how everything that he's doing well, and focus on saying things in the positive. So back to John Gottman, he said, couples that are successful say five positive things to every one negative thing. Couples who are in crisis say one negative thing to five positive things. Marcy says, how else will he learn to improve if you don't tell him? By emphasizing the positive things. Remember when you, you know, the other night when you said you'd call me at five o'clock and you did? I loved that. I love it when you follow through and you do the things that you say you'll do. So that's what you do. You find positive ways to give him feedback. So like, um, this is a really silly example, but like my husband would put the boxes, um, always put like boxes, he wouldn't break them down and he'd put them on top of the uh, trash and then I'd have to take them all out and I'd have to break them down, <laughs> you know, cause he would block the whole trash can. It would be empty underneath and there would be boxes on top. And so I just went to him and I said, Hey babe, you know what I would love? I would love it if you could break down the boxes. I said, sometimes I go in and the boxes are on top and the whole can is empty underneath. Is that something you think you could do for me? So, you know, I didn't go in and like make a big thing about why are you lazy or how come you can't break the boxes down or, you know, every time I go in, I have to stop and do this and it's inconsiderate. No. And you know what he said to me? He looked at me and he said, I love the way you asked me that. <laughs> he was so happy. So no, you don't ignore the bad. You find positive, loving, encouraging ways to talk about it. Especially men who have been divorced after a long-term marriage where they felt they couldn't do ever do enough. Yeah. Any man that's had a long-term marriage where he's uh, been, been browbeaten and where he's had a wife or a partner that he didn't, th you know, he never felt like he could make her happy. Big one. Let's see here. You have a video. I need help. Maybe you can help with something. Yeah, just like that. I need help. Maybe you could help me with this. But there are loving, if you, men are so responsive, this is the great thing. I know what I'm saying for some of you is hard to comprehend, but my husband and I never talk about what's not working in our relationship ever. We never have those kinds of conversations in 18 years in 18 years together, we've never had them because we just state things in the positive. We ask for what we do want, not what we don't want. And we're encouraging with each other. So it's really beautiful to be in that kind of relationship. Dina says, so simple to say something like that. And he then wants to comply. I'm telling you it works. And I can also tell you that um, if you don't do it this way, you're going to push men away or they're not going to feel comfortable with you or they're going to walk on eggshells. You know, here's the thing, saying it in a negative way or having talks, if that's not working and you're not seeing any change, you got to step back and go, okay, we keep talking and talking and talking and talking and nothing ever gets better, right? 
So what if doing this actually changes things? Diana says, I feel both sharing both positive feedback and also sharing something that would make me feel supported. Then ask, how can I help him to support me? I wouldn't emasculate him because he didn't do something right. Yeah, you can do that. Evelyn, hi, Evelyn. So if you feel he's not being attentive enough, how do you communicate that? Great question. You just ask for what you want, Evelyn. You just say, hey, I'm curious. You know, I would love to see you more. I know we get together once a week, but we've been seeing each other for two months and it would be wonderful. Do you think you would be open to that? I'd love to have a date night. You know, just ask for what you want. If you go in and you say to the guy, to your guy, I don't feel like you're being attentive enough. Like I wouldn't, I need more attention immediately. You want to know what he's going to hear? I'm disappointing her. He's going to shut down. And that's the end of the conversation. If you were to say, hey, babe, you know what I would love? I would love it if we could cook dinner together once a week. I would love it if whatever. That is going to get you such a better response. And then you sit back and you see if he does it. Or you say, you know, I would, whatever it is, when you say attentive enough, I'm not 100% sure what kind of attention you're wanting or needing, but you ask for it in a positive way. Yeah, Marcy, I never, ever, in 18 years, we never talk about what's not working because nothing's, there's nothing not working in our relationship. We both listen. When, when one of us makes a request, we, we honor it. And we're just there to make each other happy. I want to know what pleases my husband. I want to know what he's looking for from me so that I can do it for him. And we never sit down and have a talk ever. We just do stuff. And, you know, I love him so much and he loves me. And we're just looking for ways to make each other happy. So like, we just pick up the slack. It's like, if he's really busy with work and I have time to do something, I do it. If he, if, if I'm really busy and he can cook dinner, he'll cook dinner. I don't, you know, it is rare, Marcy, but we're just two adults having an adult relationship. And this is, you know, look for another adult and don't settle for anything less. Simone says it works. I live my whole life like the glasses always have full. And it's true. You know, it's just when you when you love somebody and you're not sitting there like, well, what is he doing or what is he not doing? Or am I getting my needs met or is he getting his needs met? I mean, we're just, you know, when you have two grown adults in a relationship who just want nothing more than to make each other happy, it's a beautiful thing. And it's not, you know, we don't expect each other. I don't expect my husband to read my mind. I ask for the things that I want. I'm not afraid to do that. You know, the only time he won't do something is if he just can't. But this man would bend over backwards to make me happy. And I know most men will if, if they're with the right woman and you create the right climate for that. Asking him what you want means you're not getting it. Well, 
it's not like I'm not getting it. I get so much in this relationship, but it's like if I need my husband to cook dinner or I want him to come on a group call with me when I'm doing my coaching calls, you know, I mean, I can ask him to do things for me. It's not, I'm getting, I mean, believe me, I'm getting more than I could ever want or need in this relationship. So it's not, it's not like that. Um, <laughs> yes, I love what Emily's saying to Evelyn. Just, yeah, bring him dinner and tell him how much you enjoy his attention. That's a beautiful way, you know, or just set a date. But it's, you know, it's really a beautiful way to um, encourage with positivity and love and all of that. Um, Evelyn, you know, he may be swarmed with kids and family. And, you know, if he's too busy to be in a relationship with you, you have to look at whether or not this is, you know, if this is really meeting your expectations or, or, or your, you know, what you really want in a relationship. I mean, I went on 96 first dates in two years looking for my guy. And I said no and no and no, because I wanted a man who was mature, who was ready to partner with me and could really show up for me in the same way that I was willing to show up for him. Yeah, Ivona, if, you're, if you've tried it numerous times and it's not working, he may not be your guy because... You know, it's either the way you're saying it or he feels like you're harping on him or you're not being positive or he's not your guy. A man who truly adores you wants to make you happy. He's listening. He's sitting there listening for you to give him cues, you know, to say, hey, you know, I've always wanted to go to Greece that's my dream. Or um, I want to move to New Mexico. <laughs> I want to leave out Los Angeles and move to New Mexico. Well, it, it does work because he's a great guy, Simone. But I went out and I found a great guy. I'm not telling anybody it was easy. I really worked hard to get the, re, you know, to have the relationship that I'm in. People have these fantasies that well, I'm just going to go put myself online and I'm going to meet this fabulous guy and we're going to ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. Uh, that may happen for a few people, but didn't happen that way for me. I really, really, really searched for Benjamin. Yeah. Misty said, it's such a refreshing way to communicate. And Misty, you know, you know, you know, when you're with the right guy who's receptive and wants to please you and make you happy and light up your world, you know, they respond beautifully to all of these positive cues and these, this positive feedback. Um, Emily says, I love that idea. Most are so sick of the constant nagging of being told how they are towing the line. If you're doing something that makes me happy, I'll tell you or show you. If I don't like it, it's likely something internal in myself. Yes, not what they're doing or not doing. That is so true. Oh my God. That is so true, Emily. So true. And with my husband, if I, you know, have a moment where I feel upset or I feel like I have to pull back and I feel a little bit of, you know, emotional disconnect from him, the very 
first thing I do is I start to, to, to take care of my own emotional needs. I don't get upset at him. I look at what got triggered inside of me and I'm, it's automatic with me, with him and me. Yeah, we're, we're adults, Dina, on an equal playing field and we communicate what we want. And I'll just add to that. And we do it in a loving way. We do it in a loving way, with kindness, with thoughtfulness. Lingerie works wonders. <laughs> Simone, we need to um, bring you on here for the sexy factor and the comic relief. <laughs> um, Wendy says commitment phobic men respond to nothing, which is great because if you're doing what I'm saying, Wendy, and they're not responding positively to it, that's your answer. Get the hell out of there. If I were be with a man and I was being positive and I was giving him, which I did, I was with a, an avoidant and I figured it out very quickly before I met my husband, but I was showing up, I was being positive, I was being non-reactive, kind, thoughtful, giving him the benefit of the doubt. Man, he got cold as, as a you know a winter's day and he pulled away, he couldn't handle it. It just pushed him further and further away. And I knew that there was just, I didn't even know he was commitment phobic at the time. I just knew that there was something off with his response and I broke it off in six weeks. Brenda says it has to do with our, more with our own relationship with the universe than our relationship with our partner. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. Amen, sister. Totally couldn't agree more. Yeah, you don't want to be with a man who responds that way. He wouldn't make excuses. Yeah, Belle is 100% right. He wouldn't make excuses to spend time with you. You want a man who's excited to spend time with you. My husband used to work and he would be exhausted and he'd get done with work and he'd say, he'd look at me. I could see how tired he was. And he would look at me and he'd say, let's go out to dinner. And I'd say, we're not going out to dinner. I'm like, you're exhausted. Why are you asking me out to dinner? And he said, well, I thought you might like to go out to, out to dinner. You know, I wanted to spend time with you and he'd be so tired. And I'm, I'd say, and we can sit on the couch together and spend time together. So it's very sweet. You know, that's what a loving, secure man who wants, you know, wants to spend time with you does. Vicki said, so glad I said no to the date I was supposed to have tonight and listening to you. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I'm better than a date, Vicki, and took a call from a wonderful man. Oh, that's fantastic. Not one that is intimidated by my avatars. <laughs> I am my own home. Beautiful, Vicki. Beautiful. Evelyn says, is there ever an appropriate time to share? Evelyn, you share all the time. You just do it in a positive way. I'm not telling any of you to bury your feelings, not to share your thoughts, whatever. I'm saying this and really listen. Never say to a man, we need to talk and then sit down and tell him how he disappointed you. You never want to spend time with me. Even, you know, I want to be with you. I want to spend time. And you're always busy. Work is more important. Your kid, the kids are more important. Your parents are more important. What you would say to him instead is, you know what I would love? I really appreciate how hard you work. And I know that you are so good at what you do. And I'm so proud of you. 
And what I would love is if somewhere in there, you could carve out a little more time for me. That would make me so happy. Maybe we could pick a night and have a date night. I would love a date night. That would be the most wonderful thing in the world to have a date night with you. I love spending time with you. A man is going, the right man is going to be so much more receptive to the second way that I said that than the first way. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. Is there ever a good time? Yeah, of course you can share personal, your own personal emotional stuff. That's totally fine. It's relevant in improving, um, or is that taboo and better kept to yourself? No, if I'm having a bad day or I'm struggling or, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. My husband is my, my best friend and my shoulder to lean on. I love being able to go to him and say, I just had a horrible call with a woman and I wanted to throw the phone across the room. And I don't know, you know, he'll, he's so sweet. And he'll say, oh, honey, you work so hard and you put your heart into those calls. You know, I'm so sorry you have to go through that. And just to be able to hear that makes it better. Yeah, it sounds desperate and nagging to say it the first way. A man, you know, and then he's going to tell you you're needy. But if you say it in a positive, inviting way, the other thing, if something really isn't working, this is what I would say, you know, if, if it were me and I made a number of requests to a man and I didn't want to shame him, but I did want to understand why he wasn't honoring my request or whatever. I would probably say, hey, babe, I'm curious. I'm really curious. You know, I put out a suggestion the other night that maybe we could have a date night or we could find a way to spend a little more time together. And it didn't seem like you were responsive to that. And I'm curious why. So there's no judgment there. If you can come from curiosity and you're not shaming him or blaming him, but you're just curious, you know, hey, babe, I'm just curious. Like, I, you know, I had made a, I made a lovely request. I thought it was, you know, I thought I was being really wonderful about us having a date night this week and it didn't happen. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, what's going on there? Are you just too busy? Is it that it seems like I'm putting too much, you know, there's too much pressure on you? I just wondered why that didn't happen. So that gives him an opportunity, you know, for you to, or an opportunity for you to get some clarity. Mimi said, express my desires positively. Yes, detach from the outcome. Another great point, because you might discover he does not want to meet your needs. And then I will know it's time to find someone better suited for me. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you hear from the women who are in my course, who have met men, really great men, and you hear them talking about these men and how they behave with them, it is mind blowing. Just recently, and I share this just because recently, I can think of at least three, maybe four relationships that are outstanding with my women, relationships like I have with my husband, Benjamin. These men are so wonderful. They are so attentive. 
They are so willing to show up for these women. They're bending over backwards. They make a, you know, let's move in together and they're looking for places to move into. We're, you know, they have a plan. One of them has a long range plan to get married. And he was laughing saying, I know you're going to think this is crazy, but I love going ring, ring shopping with her. It gives me so much joy. These men are there. They're in, they have both feet in, they know they're with great women and they can't do enough to make them happy. That's what you're looking for. Too many of you sit there and keep nagging and pushing and trying to get the guy to show up for you. And I got to tell you, a guy that's really into you, you don't have to nag. You don't have to push. You don't have to convince him. He, that's what he wants to do. Why do you think men make a living? They, they earn a lot of money. They buy fancy cars. They do it to impress women, to get the best women. They do it for us. They want to make us happy. That's what they do it for. Now, sometimes if the woman is nagging and the man, you know, is feeling like a failure, they grow apart and then the listening shuts down and they stop wanting to do things for us. But if you talk to men, many of them, many of them, in fact, they say women are the number one initiators of divorce and men come away from divorces feeling like they failed. They feel like failures. Divorce is way, way, way harder therapists say on men than it is on women. Men have a harder time. Their network gets cut off. They have nobody, no emotional support. They're a lot less likely to seek therapy. They really, really, really get hurt in divorce. Women have groups of friends. They have sisters. They have their mothers, their families. You know, men really suffer in divorce. It's really a shame. And they feel like failures, especially especially if they loved their wives and they kept feeling like they were beating, you know, the, their heads against a wall and they couldn't make their partner happy. Yeah. Emily says, I work in family law. I see it every day. It's so sad to watch them go through the process. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Emily. It's really true. In fact, another thing that they see is that in retirement homes, homes for the aged, Usually the women are all together in groups and they're talking and they're sharing. It's really amazing. But the men are are off sitting by themselves. They're isolated. They're alone. There's a lot of depression among the men. Lisa says menopausal um, and postmenopausal women are more likely to initiate divorce. Uh, do you know why that is, Lisa? I don't know why that would be. Most go all the way to the end, still hoping it will stop. Yeah, they do. And one of the things that, that a lot of women don't realize is that men really are trying and positive, uplifting feedback, you know, just think about what that can do as opposed to feeling like they're being mothered or lectured or schooled. Dina says, I watched it with my parents. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of us did. It's really, really hard. My mom was super unhappy and really hard on my dad. Really, really, really hard on him. I mean, she had a lot of reason to be hard on him. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, she was not very nice to him. Lisa says, uh, I believe it's because we're able to do it in our own brain, the change in our brains. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Also, our libidos go, I don't know. I'm, I'd be interested to know why that really is. So any advice about dating someone who's recently divorced? I just don't want to get hurt when they're just entering the dating field because there are so many feelings, emotions, et cetera, and I just don't want to be the rebound. Well, it is true, Barbara, that you could be the rebound. Many men coming out of uh, divorces really are wanting to get back out there and play the field. Sometimes, you know, what will often happen is they'll jump into a relationship right out of the divorce and they will take advantage of this new relationship to just get their ego back, get their power back. And then once they start to feel better, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute, I want to go and I want to play. I want to see what's out there, you know, so be careful of that. But it doesn't always mean that. So a lot of it has to do with the, you know, how long the couple has really been separated, how long the marriage has technically been over. One of my recent clients who's in a phenomenal relationship, she is with a man who was getting divorced, but this man had married his high school girlfriend who got pregnant. They had three kids together. They were great parents, but they weren't good partners. And he stayed for the kids because he was a really good man. And then, you know, he was never in love with her. And so when he met my client, he thought he was going to go out and date. And he said, yeah, I wanted to sample the world, like the world of women, you know. And then he said to her, I think I found the world. She's right here. So, and he was uh, only recently divorced. So it's not in all cases, but it can more often than not a man coming out of a divorce needs to find his way back to himself. So I'm a little on the fence about that, but it doesn't always work out that way. Emily says, my second divorce, as well as many clients, I see the effort the men are putting in, but their languages are so different that the women don't see the effort. We don't. I mean, there's something with, you know, with us women that we have put so many expectations on men and then we have this way of making them feel like they're a disappointment to us. And it's really, really, really sad because a lot of times they're just trying and trying and trying and they feel like they can't make us happy. Ellie says, my ex-husband till today wants to reconnect after many years. Yeah, it's me who doesn't want it. Yeah. Um, Elena says, thank you for all the, the tips. <laughs> You're welcome. Emily said, Barbara, take it super slow. Make sure you've taken time to heal and reflect. I have a one-year rule because of what I've seen at work. Yeah, you got to be careful. Dina, um, so is mine. And I see it over and over again. These men put everything they had into what they thought would be the right thing to take care of the women. The women just wanted something different. Yeah, there's a great book. It's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it's written for men who are like nice guys. 
who keep pleasing women. They just do over and over and over again. They keep doing everything they think they can do to make these women happy. And, you know, by being nice. And this book is brilliant. It's really brilliant. There's few books like this that are written for men that are this good. All right, everybody, I'm going to go see my hubby. We are going to spend some time together. And I wish you all a beautiful evening. Please give me some likes. All right. Love to everybody. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, Kaylee. And I will see you all next week.